I am your father. This is, this is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 Podcast, man. It is crazy. It is crazy because we kind of traveled all over the place to try to get this podcast done, man. This is one of my first ones that I've actually done face-to-face. It's probably one of the... I guess one of the most important ones because the person I got on the podcast today is a cultural icon. He is someone from uh, from Duval County who has repped it to the best and, and is really just a, an icon in this industry. A lot of people don't know everything that he's done, everything that he's accomplished, and we want to kind of talk about all of those things today. I am so proud, so excited to have someone I really, really admire on the podcast today. Thrill to play. How are you, sir? Hey, man. Happy to be in the building. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Ain't nothing, man. Now... With the podcast, uh, I always start off the podcast, uh, especially with people from Jacksonville, uh, by talking about what side they're from. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and what shaped you in your early days in life? Yeah, Thrill the Player, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County, north side of Jacksonville is where I got my start. Of course, uh, everybody, just like everybody else was born out right there off 8th Street right there, you know what I'm saying, in University Hospital. Okay. But Marquee Village, uh, right next to Palm Terrace, you know, uh, sister communities, Marquee Village, Palm Terrace, uh, Flag Street, right over in there. That was where I grew up at. And then I uh, and gra- graduated from the beach because as a teenager, you know, your influence, you know, a lot of your influence comes from where you grew up. But I grew up on the beach as well. So, you know, some everywhere, it, just like everybody else in Jacksonville, grew up on every side of town. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I went represent Pearl World, but I also lived on the north side over by First Coast, man. So it's, it's really been a, a privilege to be from Jacksonville. Now, I know, and obviously social media, those who follow you on social media may know you by your real name, Van Bryant. Right. Uh, but the world knows you as Thrill. Right. Now, I read that you attained that nickname while you were in high school at Range, right? Well, actually, I went to Fletcher High School. Okay. I would have went to Range, but my mama wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now I graduated from Fletcher, but they used to call me Thrill on the football field. I would dazzle the crowd with such thrilling moves. So, you know, that's what they used to call me back then. The Cowboys had a player called Tony Hill, Tony Thrill Hill. So that was kind of like my nickname oh okay 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 now what was what was life like growing up with i mean growing up uh i guess in those early years in high school what was it like was music beginning to shape you then or were you just kind of focused on sports or yeah no nah, music you know in fifth grade i won a, a talent show an elementary talent show rapping the sugar hill game so music was always embedded in me just something that i thought would be secondary because I, I really wanted to be either a football player or a professional wrestler so really? yeah man yeah so you know i grew up on dusty rose and and dory and terry funk and the von eric brothers so i wanted to do that but um you know music was definitely not something that i thought would do what it has done for me. Wow, that is crazy. That's so funny because I'm a huge wrestling fan. People who listen to podcasts and know me, I know I'm a huge wrestling fan. True. WrestleMania every year. I just missed this year because I moved to Dallas. Wow. I was in Orlando, but I go every year. Yeah. 
Now, I was I was reading up on you now, and I don't know how much of this stuff is true and false, so you got to correct me. Okay. You graduated from high school. You joined the Army? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to the Army. Actually, coming out of high school, I had a few scholarship offers for football. Well, actually, going into my 12th grade year, I had a few uh, offers and looks. And as I got into my senior year, it, for me, it wasn't about, you know, being uh, a good athlete. It was about getting out of there and doing what I could do. Not realizing, you know, that the lag off could lag off. And by the end of the senior year, I didn't have quite as many offers as I had. But I, uh, none were good enough that I that uh, I would not pursue the dream of money because I always wanted to have money. So I figured if I go into the army, get the GI Bill, come back, my skills would still be my skills. So I could walk on, possibly get a scholarship, but still have my GI Bill coming while I was in school. So I would be able to live, you know, at the same time. So that was my plan. Oh, okay, okay. Now, I do know that um, Because Q talked about this Shout out to Deshaun Kulaw mm. He gave me a lot of information I was like, yo, I need to know I, I don't want to ask stuff That just everybody probably asked him Over the last 20, 25 years right. So he gave me a lot of information Now, after graduating from high school You did the Army thing But I know either while you were in high school Or when you came back from the military mm-hmm. You worked in a record store In the Gateway Mall He said right. that that probably shaped you a little bit Can you talk a little about that? Yeah. And how mm-hmm. that may have helped uh, as a study ground for you and music in the early years. Yeah, yeah. Shout outs to Big Al's Records and Tape. My God, Dad, Al Smith, uh, and Angie Smith. Um, yeah, working there was, you're right, it was an, an experience because the Army gave me the discipline. Mm-hmm. Also, in, before I went to the Army, I attended uh, college, FCCJ, okay. for a brief spell. And then I went into the Army and then came back and then worked in the record store. Mm-hmm. But it did, it, it, it allowed me to enter the record business from the retail side, which I got to learn product, product placement, uh, uh, product pricing. Um, uh, I got to meet a lot of the artists because at the time, you had Big Al's But you also had DJ's Those were the two big Independent retailers Well You had Uh Uh, uh what was this store And uh, it was a store Inside Gateway Mall Jay's record store Maybe been Coke, Not Coconuts But either way It was another record store there. No it wasn't Yeah Turtles was important to it But those were more so chains But it was uh, A record store Right inside Gateway Mall Right next to Soul Train They used to have In there But um it, it, Franco Banco Shout out to him He used to work in there But Yeah that Doing that It allowed me to learn A lot about the industry But it also Allowed me to meet the artist firsthand. You know, you have like a. I take my one of my best experiences was Jodeci, because they came through on Uptown. They had just re- released Forever My Lady, and those guys, you, they were like, uh, they had been working all day. And they were hungry, like they couldn't, you know, they was just like hungry, like not hungry, like wanting to make it, but hungry, like hungry, like their lips was actually hungry. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I remember countless times for different artists that was on promo tours when they was just promo tours and they would only get a certain amount per diem mm-hmm. that we would just go across the street, get them some, a box of Popeyes and some biscuits and just, they would sit and talk about their stories. And those are the things that motivated me to want to get out and take it to the next level. Okay. Now, everybody that I've talked to and asked questions about you to, they, they've always regarded you on your style and on your swag. Many folks that i talked to had always said, Thrill's the guy who dressed like a star before the world knew he was one. Right, right, right. Talk a little bit about your interest in fashion and style and where that all comes from and how that kind of like shapes you. 
Man, that's a blessing to know what people think about you. I um, yeah, man. I, I, I'll, I'll praise the God for everything fresh about me. But Duval County definitely shaped my fashion sense. You know, growing up at the crib, if you want a fly girl, you gotta be fly, right. and you know you're gonna compete with the flyest of fly. So you know, I hey, it was just you know I, I get it from my mama. I get it from you know growing up Duval. They just just fashion and seeing how it's done and having my own ghetto fabulous swag. Okay. Yeah. Now we'll get to the bass music aspect of your career, but in your in the early years of your music and in getting into hip hop, mm-hmm. who were some of your influences? Would you say that you, the style of rapper that you inevitably inevitably end up being known for is who you always saw yourself being, or did you view yourself in another light? Because you know a lot sometimes guys start out rapping fast and then they change their style. Did you view yourself somewhere different before you got into bass music? Um, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, myself and uh, AB and Carlos from 95 South were a group okay. together before. It was called Major League, mm-hmm. but we were more so patterned after Father MC, Positive K, a lot of the hip hop at the time. Because down south, we didn't hear a lot of uh, down south hip hop on the radio. Right. Um, that wasn't until Jam Pony Express came along that we would hear a lot of those styles. We would hear it in the clubs, but not on the radio. So we patterned ourselves after that and then it, it it but my early influences were who we saw which was LL Cool J Houdini was awesome to me because they always just made dance beats and I just you know th- that beat is what I vibe with so Houdini and LL but I would have to say out of all of them back in the days Houdini was the ones okay yeah now can you talk about the music scene in Duval in those early years because a lot of us Prior to you, we don't have a reference point on what music is like in Duval. Is is there a music scene? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, the Duval music scene back during that time before I got into music was uh, Mamadou and she. Mamadou, uh, uh, she used to work with uh, Jeff Cohen, um, who had, he was also Dolphin Distribution Cows, Cows records and tape. That okay. was the name of the okay. store. He, owned, yeah, they own that store as well. So yeah, and she were, was working with him, and she ended up signing with Sony. She had a record called um, "Back Up and Live" and a record called "My Suzuki" with the Boom. Uh, both, uh, I know My Suzuki was RIA certified, either gold or platinum. But those were huge records back in the days because all we saw was New Edition and people of the sort. And then you have uh, uh, Doc Box can be fresh. Who had the song Slow Love Which that was definitely A a, a platinum record That went uh, I think it ended up Going gold On Motown Um uh, but but those were two of the influences that we had. I'll have to edit it up and then I'm gonna post it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, but those are the uh, the influences that we had um, from Duval in their early days. Mama doing she and Dot Box and Be Fresh. Sorry to my uh, podcast listeners, man. We got a lot going on up in here right now. So I was talking to the big homie. All right. It's all good, man. We we we've had episodes where people had to get up and go answer the door. Okay. <laughs> True. They understand how it go. Now, uh, in in doing some research, I was able to find out that you're not just instrumental in '69 Boys, which is what most people are going to know you for. You're right. also 95 South, Quad right. City DJs, yeah. as a writer, performer, and producer. Can right. you walk me through how all all of that is connected and how you're connected to all those groups? Also. Walk us through the process of, of you guys gaining notoriety that leads you all to the massive success that you have in the mid-90s with songs like Tootsie Roll and even with 95 South, Whoop, there it is. Because Q, Q 
made sure to let me know that you're connected mm-hmm. to all of those. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Um, for, it, it was real simple. Initially, with the major league concept, that was me, AB, and Carlos. It, it, uh. It, AB and Carlos's big brother and uh, big brothers, Mike Mike and Jay Ski, had a group called the Chill Deal Boys, mm-hmm. and 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 they were already made, and they knew things about the industry that we didn't necessarily know at the time. I just knew I was spending a lot of money to make major league work, so I wasn't just going to switch it up midstream. Mm-hmm. So one night they went to the studio and recorded "Whoop There It Is," and then I heard it. I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely want to be down with this right here. You know, because it was hard to sell me on stuff. So, long story short, um, as a writer and co-producer for 95 South and then 69 Boys album was supposed to come out, but this and that came along and they wanted an answer to Woot, there it is, and then you have Woot, here it is. And, 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 and then I ended up writing like two years Two, two and a half years Even though my single My first single Kitty Kitty I cut To go on the road With 95 South To open up mm-hmm. As my own group It didn't work out That way I had to end up Like writing records But during that time uh, It was no industry In Jacksonville You know um, More so Jacksonville is a shipping city And distribution In and out So if you're a longshoreman Merchant seaman You're gonna make A lot of guap And get a lot of women And so With us having Musical Jump off Because by now Woot There It Is Had took off at radio We had to go The closest place Where music was Miami wasn't closer Than Orlando um, Where there was A lot of industry And in 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 That move That brought The people that were 95 South 69 Boys Quad City DJs uh, 10 Cans All under the same roof Because that move We just Went and rented a house a three bedroom house No furniture in it <laughs> Just everybody bought blankets And pallets and stuff And a, it started out to be A one year concept It ended up staying there Maybe two and a half Almost three years Just wow. making records Manufacturing sounds You know so and, 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 and we stayed there And a lot of times You know Me being a writer and producer Was just by default It was no one else there Because when 95 South took off You know a lot of the characters That were in the studio every day on the records wanted to go out there and live that lime life as well and for me I was in there writing and working on my own stuff so I couldn't go so if you needed a song for this and that or needed another song for 95 South for upcoming this or that I was the one that was there to write it and um, you know that ended up being a, a blessing and saving grace for me from a publishing aspect just to be able to uh, and, and a working aspect to be able to say that I, I was in the same house and the voice y'all hear on a lot of the records my man Jay Ski he uh you know was known as the hype man so he would just hype in different times as features on people's records so people would think we're all the same group but it was just like Wu-Tang Clan you got a bunch of cats together but you got Capadonna you got Raekwon you got Ghostface you got Method Man and the groups from the Quad City family just break down that you got 69 you got 95 you got Quad City DJs you got this and that you got 10 cans yep okay now, a lot of people probably don't know that they saw you uh, in a lot of different videos in the late 90s. You're in the background of videos like, man, nigga, from what I heard. 
uh, and tri- from Trick Daddy and Can I Get Out with uh, Ja Rule and Jay-Z. Can you right. talk a little bit about how some of those relationships came to be? Because people often forget just how influential uh, Jacksonville was in the hip-hop scene uh, in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hot, you hot. They call you to feature you. That, it's just that simple. So, you know, we was hot. But, I mean, with Ted Lucas, I've always been more so the guy that tries to make friendships and build relationships with the executive side of a company. So, even though I was cool with Trick, I wanted to be cooler with Ted, you know, and get to learn what he knew about the business and share what I knew. And then the same thing with... Um, uh, well, the Jay-Z, I mean, we were just on site And I got a call, say, hey, Jay, want to fly you out To put you in a video for <laughs> this record That he's getting ready to do Man, and, and the dude, man, I learned a lot from him By not knowing him, because even though I was the one With the platinum records Everything about those dudes with that first record Because that was the record that helped them blow Um was first class they flew me first class the hotel was first class everything about them even at the start was first class and that let me know as I would launch my own company I you know I'll never rush a product I'll never rush a vision I want to present it first class every time you understand what I'm saying it's close to the best as I can get it you know right now in my process of researching you Jay Ski McGowan came up a lot. When I was talking to Deshaun, he did mention that there was uh, that he was one of the lead rappers of the Chill Deal Boys, which precedes '69 Boys, '95 South, right. Quad City DJs. Right. I always heard rumors of business perhaps not being quite as right as it could have been, and guys losing some of their earnings that rightfully belonged to them. Right. Talk a little bit about Jay Ski, his impact, be it positively or negatively, on your career. And the current status of your relationship, right? Yeah, I, hey man, and with in business for me, nothing is personal. You know what I'm saying? It's business, and uh, I, I know from being a soldier that you know waking up in 20 below weather in Germany, getting out your sleeping bag, doing PT or doing war games, and having to sleep out there 30 and 45 days and and, and, and sometimes not taking baths for days at a time to come to, to, to actually uh, experience what it would be like in war was enough for me to know that no matter what I didn't want to have to go back to that as a living I love defending my country but that's a hard job so I salute every soldier for that and that's hard work so I knew if somebody called me at 5 o'clock in the morning and say I gotta catch a plane to get to a show I remember when people would call me at 4 o'clock in the morning and say get up it's time to go to PT you understand what I'm saying so so, so that wasn't hard and I, I, I preceded that by saying that to say this anything I went through with Jay Ski you know he was a young dude just like I was that we ain't had no daddies to show us how business go we ain't had no daddies really to show us how life go you know and I won't speak for Jay and his family situation more so than mine so for me it was learning on the job how can you fault anybody for learning on the job when they got your best interests at hand and when they get in the Houdini pulled on them you know what I'm saying like business is business the one thing I, I can always say is I honor the person that's what they see me to get me to where I'm trying to go you know what I mean because they didn't have to stop their life or stop their vision to add or to include me and mine so with me and Jake like no matter what happens you know I'm I've done enough business in the industry to know that he, he can't give me what they ain't gave him Mm-hmm. That ain't how it works. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and and more importantly, every time I believe 
that he went out even if it wasn't necessarily in my best interest it was in the best interest of the team and sometimes to be even if you're the star player the the, the 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 team leader have to tend to Draymond just as much as he have to tend to Steph Curry if the team is gonna work. Right. You know understand what I'm saying? So yeah, no, I think brother was a, a young ambitious dude from the hood that 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 took a vision that could have only included him, but in, chose to include other people, which is a blessing within itself. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. So you don't feel like it, it, there was a situation where you guys were taking advantage of it? It's just. The music industry, as we all know it and we all deal with. It's business. It's business. You know, the bottom line to it all is people in the sense that say they were taken advantage of, to me, in my opinion, you have some people that were taken advantage of, but you have to agree to stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to agree to it. So if you agree to it, you know, if at the end of the day you don't get paid after you to what you agreed to, then maybe you can say that. But in this industry, bro, and in life, you have to life is what you make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, every industry is shady. Relationships are shady. If you ain't going back to the Bible. Delilah was shady with Samson And they ain't have nothing to do with business It just had something to do with a lying female Slick tricking female Right You understand what I'm saying? Yeah That's life Right yeah. Now can you walk me a little bit through the creation of bass music Because everybody views you as so essentially the creator of that in a lot of ways I mean obviously Luke is somebody that is highly discussed in that A lot of Miami artists, Trick Daddy is included in that as well can you walk me through the process of kind of where some of the, I guess, where you got some of your influences from and how that all comes together to create the sound that you guys created in the mid-90s? Uh, yes. Um, well, what I, and I think, and I, and I know I've just had to come to grips to what people say when they mean that because bass music definitely preceded the 69 boys. Um, it goes back to Soul Sonic Force with Planet Rock. You know, that was the sound that everybody like Gogo has a certain sound that they took their records from mm-hmm. that was that record that everybody took their sound from Planet Rock um, 122 uh, all of those records during the era of the SP-12 and the Lin drum in the 808 mm-hmm. um, so when you say the start of bass music to tell you the truth you will have to go back to Gigolo Tony Chesy Ches um, a lot of the guys that were were really uh, uh, pawns by the industry to make that music. Like, they paved the way. Like, when you look at Dr. J, what he did so uh, KD can make the kind of money he made or so LeBron can make the kind of money he made, Dr. J really put it down. And those OGs, even the Lukes of the world, those are the people that put it down so we can do it how we do it. And what happened was what people try to give us credit for, I believe, when they say that is we took a sound that was totally pure underground and our commercialism allowed it to be introduced to the world. So when we did a a Tootsie Roll or a Woof Woof or a Kitty Kitty or Come On Ride the Train or a Woof There It Is those songs were so commercial and that sound was being heard for the first time by a person in Delaware and by a person in Massachusetts or North Dakota they was like oh wow this is new but it wasn't really new it was just new to them and we were able to speak the language of all all people right yeah now um 
my first interaction with you comes in uh, 2004 in Tallahassee while you were on the radio. Um, how did you make that transition into radio? Um, man, that um, transition was rather simple. I had got on a, a chance to be on the radio in Orlando. Uh, Stevie the man I'll always be grateful He gave me my first shot at radio And I had made a, a, a song called Bang 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 With me, JT Money and Trick Daddy And he heard that record He was like man your voice sounds great When you're doing the radio intro on that record I'd like to try you out Long story short Got on the radio there And, and the way they divide radio up Is a pie And it's shares And you got rock Country uh, Rhythmic jazz All of those Are a part of the pie Well on my day part I had a 20% Piece of the pie Okay And they were like Whoa This is unreal So That allowed uh, Another company uh, Which was at the time Was Clear Channel Which is now iHeart They said Well you doing this Once a day We want to give you A day part Which I was on the radio Five six days a week And the good thing about it It wasn't just on Old school radio It was on 18 plus radio You know um, Because I date young So I stay young (laughs) I feel young I I claim young Because I want to be young You know what I mean I'm forever young So I will always Want to be in that mix But being in that mix Daily allowed me to reinvent myself to the 18 plus demographic and even to well to the 13 plus demographic which is you know was that demographic always has gotten a boost from the cheerleaders and the dance teams that love to dance to Tootsie Roll over and over but to be able to talk to them and to share ideas and to hear where they're coming from and to see what they like now and to be able to interact with that I was able to create relationships that still to this day have grown just like this one. Right. Yeah. Now, when I looked up your credits, uh, you have a great deal of movie soundtrack work. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who might uh, might not know and might not understand all the stuff that uh, the stuff with Sixty Nine Boys, can you talk about the aspects of your credentials and what gained uh, and what you gained from working on those sorts of projects, like those like those movie soundtracks and things like that? Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, movie soundtracks are something that we had to learn how to be a part of because we make records but we make records for the club people and when you have people who have big dollar budget movies they have big dollar budget decisions which means you can't just put any song on their product because you know they have to make all these worlds meet and to be able to be on so many soundtracks is a blessing you know um, because I think personally those deals are done by lawyers the lawyer from this company is playing golf with the lawyer from this company oh we got a soundtrack coming up oh man we'll have your artists send some songs and for one of the reasons you know I wanted to get strong back into the music is because I felt like the 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 music and movies and entertainment they all tie together and we weren't seeing a lot of hip hop in the movies like we used to which kind of hurt movie sales to me um and that was because I saw the movie making process back in the days for a soundtrack most of these guys that were over the music would take the music home for their teenage sons and daughters to listen to and either approve or disapprove to be on the soundtrack and I noticed that over the years as the music got more hardcore there was less music that I would feel even safe as a parent taking home for my 13 14 year old to hear to say should we have this in this movie that's going to appeal to 13 14 year olds so you know 
for me, it was about getting back out here trying to be in more movies. Of course, we've done the Bad Boys, the Dr. Doolittles, the Space Jams, the Nothing to Lose, the Dangerous Minds, and been blessed to have like the first or second single or the major single. Our first one was Sunset Park. Shout out to our Queen Latifah them uh, and Flavor Unit who gave us our first shot on the soundtrack. But, you know... Um, to be able to go from that then now and to have submissions for movies even today in an industry where not only the art of the soundtrack, the art of just buying music and buying credits and reading them is almost, you know, extinct. Mm -hmm. To be able to still be a part of that to me is I'm grateful for that from what I learned from doing it the first go round. Okay. Uh I know you're still in music because a few years ago I was pleasantly surprised to hear you on the track with uh, Jacksonville native Young Trap entitled Bass. Right. Talk me through how that collaboration came about and also can you talk a little bit about what you think of him as an artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Trap. That was funny because Trap called me and he said, uh, he said, hey, what's up, my man? I wanted to hit you up to get on this record. And uh, I knew... Uh, 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 my man Ivory from Point Blank who was I think at the time was managing him and he was like um, he said yeah so I wanted to get on the record with you because you know I got some artists I want to get I got some 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 big artists and then you know I said I wanted to reach out to some artists that like you know are not so big and then I said um, and he was saying so I reached out to you I said well um, who's the not so big artist you talking about on the phone that's you and he laughed cause it, But I was I was serious I was like What you I, what you mean I don't get it But he, he You know He told me You know later That that, that kind of like Woke him up About me And about who I am You know what I'm saying Because At, at the end of the day I'm an humble guy But but at the same time Facts are facts right. You know We ain't gonna act like The facts ain't there So he sent me the record I like the record We did the record I'm actually doing a video For the record um, Really? Yeah 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 Coming up on um, Bass Ain't Dead Volume 2 Okay Yep Alright um, now I know you're all over the place But do you get a chance to, to check in On the music and the Jacksonville music scene Do you have anybody that you're kind of a fan of In the city right now Yeah I'm a social I'm a social network freak You know I, I, I talk back to the fans I, 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 I'm I a blogger Like so if you say something slick or whatever I'm I'm coming back at you So I'm always on the, on the net checking out music So I'm always hip to the Duval scene um, I like Belize I like his presentation. Not, not. Belize is an artist I could listen to. His, I could look at his videos with the music turned down, and I'm still elevated. You know, he he is he's a he's an artist artist. You know what I mean. So I like his art. I like uh, Young Cash art. I like um, T Rone's art. I like uh, oh man, Maniac. I like. Um, Oh, Pitt. Pitt is one of my favorites. Pitt, um, his art is dope. So, you know, it's a lot of people, you know, doing things at the crib. I love what they do. Because, you know, but I'm the kind of guy I could go into a museum and spend hours just looking at art on the wall. You know, so I love all, a lot of the music that's coming out of the crib. Okay. Uh, do you think Jacksonville has the capacity to produce the level of talent that it did when you and your crew bro broke through? And if so, what will it take for that to happen again? I mean, our crew was special and blessed because we had Jay, CC, and Mike, Mike, and them that went before us that taught us what we didn't, 
what we didn't know. And what the crib have now, when I say the crib, Jacksonville, is the lack of listenability. We were willing to listen. We was willing to listen because we were spending our own money. And when we were spending our own money, and we wasn't about having no losing effort because that wasn't finna get you nowhere. So we was willing to listen. We was willing to understand that, hey, man, you can't, it can't always be take, take, take. You got to give all of the basic concepts we understood because everybody from them, I had already ran a record store. They had already put out records nationally. They was just young. So, but we all understood how in a sense to make business work how to make relationships work how to live 13 14 15 deep with two bathrooms and still get along with little to no drama it took the right people being in that situation today you have a lot of clicks but it's so clickish that if if my click ain't involved you ain't gonna help your click you ain't gonna get nowhere with that you ain't gonna get it. God didn't set it up like that. He set it up that way. You have to help others in order to help yourself. And and until people realize that, then it will be what it will be. Right. Yeah. Now I'm gonna hit you with a few names. You can give me anything that comes to mind. Okay. Yep. CC Lemonhead. Hey, uh, before his time. Big ranking. Uh, motivator. Uncle Luke. Uh, Godfather. 69 boys, Quad City DJs, 95 Don't need to be grouped together. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's that's a, that to me. Like when people do that, mm-hmm. it, it insults what we've done apart. 69 boys alone can attribute to 35 million records. So 69 boys alone has 15 platinum plaques and eight gold plaques. Not to mention what 95 South has. So if you separate them, show me another Florida group with 15 platinum plaques. Show me another Florida group with eight eight gold plaques. Show me another Florida groups. That's the number two uh, charted song in the history of the Billboard rap charts. That doesn't say 69 Boys, 95 South, and Quad City DJs. It say Tootsie Roll, 69 Boys. Fair enough. And final question. How would you describe uh, the impact uh, the impact that you've had on uh, bass music on and on hip-hop history in general? And how would you view your overall imprint within all of that? Um, my imprint is just starting. Um, overall, to this point and every point, I, I give all the glory to God for choosing me to be the vessel to, to do this. Meaning, I understand that I've been created for such a time as this. Bass the first time was just the pre-era. Bass has more of a relevance now because of the killing and the gangster and the murder that's going on across the world. People are starting to dance again, which allows bass to rise again because it was the last thing that was remembered. It's, you know, the EDM guys were born of bass and they the name Bass Kings for us came from them calling us Bass Gods and we was like no nah, we don't like Gods okay well y'all the Bass Kings then Ooh. so it all evolves and whether it's cheerleaders dancing to the records or dance teams dancing to the record all of them have motivated me to want to put more music out so I hope my legacy is one that people can look back and say you know what there was a time in the 90s and the 2000s where every rapper from Florida 
sounded like they was from somewhere else except for Thrill the Player. He stayed true to the Florida sound. He stayed true to the bass movement. No matter hell or high water, what Florida was known for, he never tapped out. He never tried to do XYZ and leave that behind. He was always right there with it. That's what count for me. Well, Thrill, I want to thank you for taking time out, man. I know it has been kind of crazy for us trying to organize this and get this whole thing together. Before you go, man, obviously we're doing this here in an undisclosed location in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, talk people a little bit about what you got going on, what you're currently doing, how you're touring and everything like that, and also how they can reach out to you if they want to communicate with you. Absolutely, thank you. First of all, our new single, you gotta check it out. If you're a 69 Boy fan, if you're a music fan, if you're a bass fan, if you're a Temptation fan, if you're a Motown fan, if you just love good music, go to our website, www.official69boys.com. Check out the video. Shouts out to Skywater Films. They did a great job. We took it back. We took a little of the old school. We blended it in with the new school to equal the now school. Y'all check it out. It's called My Girl That's Bay. To, to get in touch with me, it's at Thrill the Player, at T-H-R-R-I-L-L-D-A. P-L-A-Y-A Sound like Thrill the Player In Spanish But Thrill the Player Or And that's on Twitter Or Instagram And on Facebook You can follow Our 69 Boys fan page Or My homie Fast Cash At Fast Cash 69 Boys And it sounds just like It's spelled 69 Boys With a Z Well there you have it man And if you need to Get in contact with me If you want to know more About the podcast If you want to check out Any of the episodes You can get them on SoundCloud And on iTunes Established 1984 Podcast We are on Instagram EST 1984 podcast If you think that we should get somebody on the show You have other questions that you want to ask Anything like that You can also hit us up in the email EST 1984 podcast At gmail.com You can hit me up on my personal Instagram At Brandon Kobe Jacobs I am Brandon Kobe Jacobs This is Thrill the Player And you have been listening to The Established 1984 podcast Take care